that helped me a lot because it made it easier. Like everything else became easier. Like I knew how to like read properly and speak properly. And then it was just adding on top of that. Like, okay, Especially this learns this. Yeah. You can share those goals and it becomes easier to just do it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like I really loved the Japanese classes I took here because mm -hmm. it was pretty much just a bunch of people who wanted to learn Japanese and everyone was cool. Everyone was fun. Um, in studying computer science, it was a really solitary program. Like you're always by yourself. I don't know if it's like this with business or like. Yeah, business is pretty, it's a pretty big uh, uh, area. Like there's a lot of people in it. So yeah. It's not as like, you don't know everyone. Like you'll see everyone, but mm. you'll see the faces, but you, don't, you never really talk to people. Yeah, because computer science was like that too. And I know there are programs here like industrial design where like it's so small, you know everyone, yeah. and like you graduate with like the same people. And I'm in the minor, so I see it firsthand. Like, yo, these people know every, Like, they're like, yo, hey, what's up, man? They're, they're in studio together. It's crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like a family. And from yeah, yeah. The, the Israeli, like, I see, like, the classes are very, way more open, oh, yeah. it seems. Mm -hmm. like, it's just one big space, and everyone's just walking around, talking to each other. Yeah. And bro, it's not fair. The coolest people in terms of, like, students and professors are in that program. Oh, yeah? Industrial design? It just feels like it. Yeah, the vibe, you, the yeah. vibe you're picking up is, is kind of friendlier and nicer yeah. and nicer. Yeah. Would you say, uh, like, how fast did you pick it up? Because I know it's, like, compared to English, it's completely different, right? Yeah, completely different. Like, everything from, like, the sentence order and, like, so many different things are just, like, flipped on its head in Japanese as opposed to English. Um, I found it pretty easy because um, I'm a fucking weeb and <laughs> I'm, I love anime. Um, so like, right, it was already picking up on it, like, on your childhood, right? pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. 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 Like the whole subject verb noun thing is like just completely flipped. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and like at, anime helping a lot like people say like oh anime is whatever and it is kind of because like the way they talk is not the way you talk in in japan for the most part but like the pronunciations there and the words are there so it gives you something like how man i don't get language bro like i actually don't like i wish i could i had the like commitment to take a what is it like phonetics or whatever class where you li literally learn the the, the like origin of all of these sounds that we make to like communicate ideas to each yeah. other because like what what caused the, the like the difference from the way english sounds and the way japanese sounds to be so vast yeah and it's like there's only such a gap between like like geographically between like china and japan but like the mannerisms the culture it's so different and the language kind of just like sprouts out into like entirely different yeah, it's like where do languages even come from? <laughs> Was there just like one main language, and then as we, as we like split and in, like into different territories, we just kind of adapted right, to the, the original language into our new like, so yeah, to fit new environments for new discoveries. Yeah, it's like probably we're yeah. All on the earth together, right? Like if you're in Japan and we're in Canada, mm -hmm. and like we're evolving, what's to say we don't develop the same language? Like. What are the chances that it's completely different? What are the chances that it's completely the same? Yeah. 
get to now, 2018, it's like English. 2019. And, sorry, <laughs> English and just Japanese. And like, the cultures are so much different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's, it's too sad. <laughs> Well, how about this? Do you think a dog from like Australia, if if they barked to like a dog from Canada, would they understand each other? I feel like they would. <laughs> they would. Just because like it's not like their language isn't really. How do I explain? It's not verbal as much as like feel feeling. I feel like human like dogs can feel when humans mm -hmm. like they can sense the heartbeat of. Yeah. Like, that guy's scared of me. Let me go fuck him up. Yeah. Whereas like oh this guy's calm like whatever he's not scared of me so there's no point to go out of my way to scare him. Wait, yeah. do dogs really do that? Do they like yeah, chase after? If you're they scared, yeah, they sense it. What? That's why like Damn. like I have some black friends and like yo let me I need to get away from that dog. Yeah. Like, it'll just it'll just come barking. Whereas like I just walk and like looking at it, it's good. Like it doesn't do anything. It's so quiet. It's yeah, yeah. I think they sense fear. They sense anything. Like if if their owner is sad, they'll like pick it up. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I was afraid of dogs when I was younger too, but like I would sort of try to stay composed, but I'd be afraid on the inside. Like my heart would be beating, but I just walk by like, I'm chill. But like the dog knew, damn bro, <laughs> dog knew the whole time. Sometimes, yeah, it depends on the dog. Why do they do that? I don't know, man. Even in Nepal, like when uh, there's like, I visited last year. And there's just these random, look, there's these two stray dogs. They probably just, they just, probably just they were just fucking randomly. barking, bro. They were just, like chasing the little kids. Whereas like with me, like I'm just like, yo, like, what's up? Okay, like yeah. if you come near me, like whatever, I'll pet you. Yeah. I'll pet you. But then like these kids were scared, like about to cry. And the dog just knew and he started barking. Like the kids started crying even more. Yeah. Cause like what's, like what's practical about them fucking like going after you if they know you're afraid of them? Because because I remember, like, that actually reminded me of some, like, I think the most traumatic experience I've had with a dog was, like, some random person's house that my parents were visiting in Haiti. They opened the, 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 the door, the barrier, whatever, and then the dog started barking. I'm, like, eight or seven. So then I, I hear it, I'm, like, fuck, I jet. Like, yeah. I, I, I quickly turn around, you turn, I start running back to the car. The dog leaves the passes through the door chases me and bites me on my ass <laughs> and then i just quickly jump into the car and it's like if it knows i'm so scared <laughs> why would it go out of its way to still bite me wait how big was the dog was it like a really small one it was like one of those dogs that's like medium sized but weird. they they would ch they, they're not afraid to challenge you. i mean okay like i feel like their build is yeah like, they kind of just rest, like, reciprocate the yeah. feeling like evolutionarily like the reason why dogs became domesticated was so hunter like hunters they would give the dogs food in exchange for the dog for the wolves to watch over their food while they're sleeping or to protect them so in the same sense i guess if you kind of have affection towards the dog then they have no reason to fear you mm -hmm. or to attack you whereas if you're the enemy enemy and you're like your heart's beating because you're like okay let me just steal their food Maybe they think you're suspicious. 
Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's what they catch, because like they mostly start to wild out when you start running, mm-hmm. and that's usually like when I'm biking or like when I would jog, and I would pass by someone's dog. Are you still scared they... of dogs? Nah. No. I like I'm at the I'm at a point where I'm like crossing between awkward and like comfortable with them, mm-hmm. especially from like going to to Soleil's house like yesterday. Like the dog just came, started barking because I'm new or whatever, trying self smelly. You just pet her and then she's fine. Yeah. Like she just mm-hmm. started curling some on dogs, the entire time. Some dogs you can. Some dogs, if you try to pet them, they just fucking bite you. Yeah. yeah. Don't like it. There's a dog I knew um, that might, like, throw a wrench in, like, these series because it was a weird situation. It was my friend's dog, um, and, like, it was one of those really small, like, wiener dogs, and it was always so, so angry all the time. <laughs> but, like, whenever you first meet him, um, she, the dog would want to be pet, but, like, it would bark at you. So, like... Um, if you like, if you jump back, she would bark even more. <laughs> yeah, but then if you just like just casually approach and start petting her, she'd just be so chill. It was really weird. And my my friend explained that like, uh, sh- her dog was like, super just overcompensating for her size, mm. and like, but is like on the inside really chill. I don't know. It's weird how like any species can be programmed. Some of like birds too, like it's really hard to train, uh, but like you can still train them. You can train about every, almost mm-hmm. a lot of animals. Like I've I've seen a lot of like shit that I wouldn't expect that people would, like that people figured out how to train. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of uh, the learned helplessness study with dogs? Where they uh, so there's two groups. Fuck if I can remember this properly. So one group. <laughs> <clears throat> one group of dogs, so it was an electric, it was a floor that was, uh, if they press a button, electrocutes the floor, mm-hmm. and the dog gets shocked, right? Yeah. So there's one group where they hear a bell, and then they get shocked. So you associ- the dogs associated the bell with the shock, and then the other group of dogs, the bell and the shock, they were not like associated at all, because they would just do it randomly. So those dogs, when they didn't know when to expect the shock, they were like, fuck, they were traumatized. Whereas the other ones, like, they were still sane. They were. They still had, like, they weren't insane, basically. Yeah. So they knew when to expect it. Yeah. Like the other ones would just be like wild, like, fuck, I don't know when I'm gonna get shocked. I guess it's just sort of like chaos versus control, then. Mm-hmm. Like, averse living environment just leads to like averse, unpredictable behavior. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Yeah, I wish like. <laughs> nah, I don't. I feel like as soon as I get into the technical shit, I. I like if I were to try to study like all these behavior shits and like all these other like language like I would like it's so interesting to just try to figure out where that comes from yeah like and why just us like what happened that just made us be able to just do that oh there's people outside yo is someone you know oh okay let's fuck him um like what would what would like what got us to the point where is it? Was it an evolution thing where we're just desperately just needed to figure out how to communicate best against the other like species that we had to fight off against to get higher up the food chain? Because mm-hmm. we weren't high in the food chain at all. And we kind of just, when we like developed the ability to do those things, to speak languages, to right. Our evolution ideas, is just fucking we just, exponential. Yeah. You know, basically, it's like, it's basically the artist who blows up. Yeah. One song. Like, we figured out the song that just brought us on the map and now we just colonize this entire place keep dogs around for fun for entertainment to mm-hmm. relieve our anxiety because we matter the most 
Like, we literally use them to make ourselves feel better. <laughs> I mean, what would they be anyways? Like, now they're domesticated. They're Probably eating us. Be, they'd be wolves. Yeah, they'd be wolves. They'd be wolves, yeah. Preying on us. Fucking killing us. Anyways, you're a writer. That's trippy. I was just going to change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> on the same wavelength. Um, bro, we're, at this point, we're still tripping out. Oh, I didn't finish telling you that, so I'll tell you that, too. I'll say that, too. Uh, you're a writer. You're a writer, so you're in your second book now. I'm, uh, yeah. I I wrote a book last year, yeah. Um, I'm gonna start writing my book, my second book, uh, this week actually. I'm planning on doing that this week. Um, November is gonna be the bulk of it, but this week I'm gonna like get some stuff done. Okay, so you sound like you actually like organized. Like, what was the process like from start to finish writing your first book? Conception to finish. Yeah. Um, it was actually kind of disorganized for the first one. Are, are you guys familiar with NaNoWriMo? Nas- National Lover? Okay, so it's... um. Nodded no, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, is National Novel Writing Month. Uh, every year in November, it's this like nonprofit organization that hosts this challenge where you write 50,000 words what? throughout the month of November. And I've been doing this for like uh, six years now or so, since like 2012. This will be my seventh year. Um, and I, I would fail like every year. The first year I got like 800 words and then stopped. And then the second year was like 2000. And then like I gradually grew more and more. And then last year I, I really sat down and I was like, okay, I'm gonna finish one this year. Um, I had like no outline for the book. I knew I had a, a general idea of what I wanted it to be about, which I, I guess is an outline. Um, but then like, <laughs> and I, so yeah, I had an outline. Um, but like, it was literally like October 31st. Thirty-one days, right? Yeah, October thirty-first. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this this month, and then every day just writing like five thousand words or so, um, as much as I could until I finished. Well, what was your first book about? Uh, it was about a city floating in the sky, and then a group of people who try to escape that city. Mm. It's not very good, but it's done. It's complete. That's what matters. It's all that matters. It's all that matters. It's all that matters. I was originally planning on polishing it up and hopefully getting it published, but I'm putting it on the back burner for now, mm-hmm. indefinitely, just because um, <sighs> editing is really hard. <laughs> editing work, a, a piece of work that is writing is really difficult, a lot more difficult than I anticipated. So, um, and part of it is because it was so disorganized in the beginning. Um, and I thought it just it's a better use of my time to just focus on the next one. Um, which is going to happen soon because the year's almost over. I guess that relates to what you just said. Because uh, I was going to ask, what's like the lowest point you'd say where you were just like, oh my God, this is so trash. Like, I just want to stop doing this. Like, the lowest point where you got the closest to quitting or where it, like, it felt like the book was fighting you the most? Like, Yeah, that was definitely either May or June of this year. Mm-hmm. Um because I, I pretty much decided that this year I wanted to like focus on, I think I may, may or may not have told you this, but I wanted to focus on like all my personal interests. So writing and a bit of programming and like a bunch of stuff. Um, so obviously one of the things I planned to do this year was completely finish editing the book and maybe hopefully get some prospective publishers on the way. Um, and like f- from January to April, I was like gradually getting work done here and there, maybe getting like 10 pages here, here and there. A week um, and then like 
come May, I was so far behind where I wanted to be. Like I wasn't even done, not even like a sixth of the book yet. Um, and I was like, okay, beginning of May, I was like, I'm gonna focus completely on just getting this book edited. So I, I tried doing that and it didn't happen cause like it was really difficult. And just the fact that like I told myself, okay, I'm gonna do this and it didn't happen. I was just at the point, at the end of May, I was at this point where I was like, this is trash. Um, yeah, it felt like I couldn't, it felt like the book was fighting back. Um, and then I took a step back and I was like, um, I don't know if like it's worth mm. this amount of work. Is it worth it? Yeah. Um, I hate like, that. yeah, yeah. Cause like I didn't want to give it up. Like it's, I was really happy when I finished it mm -hmm. and I want to just throw it out. But like at the same time, like I, I did learn a lot from it. I learned what it means to write a book from start to finish. Um, and I was, I, I decided that maybe it's such time to take what I learned and just start something new which is really really hard yeah. but yeah it was about may that i sort of figured all that out what would you say i, I, th I don't think i've ever asked you this like from from the starting of like fashion stuff what would you say like the lowest point because like what you're saying i feel like something every artist goes through not even like necessarily art artists like i see any profession anything someone's into as an art form like architecture engineering whatever like i feel like all of us go to a point even if it's a project or it's, it's it's the entire profession itself, and we're like, it's, like we're so done and like worn out that we're like, is this even worth it? Right. Like, and it could be, is this even worth it to finish this project? Is this even worth it to like keep going, yeah. <laughs> like trying to get good like, at this? trashing the idea that you've so like or trashing yourself fostered. as the creator itself? Like, am I just trash kind of thing? Like, what would you say the lowest point when you're like either closer to quitting a project mm -hmm. or like questioning even your fucking yeah. skill as a like. That, that I, mean, I don't know. I've never really had like a really low point. I think I guess the lowest one I've had is right before the first draft, where I was like, "Damn!" Like I, I love working on clothes and everything, but I don't know if like the having release. a business around it yeah, is like part. yeah, is the right way to go because so much goes behind it and like, I you do all the photography, you do all the lookbook, you do the editing, all that, you make the clothes, and then you got to push it. Like fuck! Now you, now you have to campaign or like you have to yeah. organize a campaign around it. Like, now it's, it's it's not only the creative part of coming up with the clothes, the creative it's the part analytical, of knowing yeah. how to get to to like how to get it to the right, right. people, how to sell it, how to right. sell it basically, yeah. which is in the art form in itself. Yeah. There's fucking whole fields where people dedicate their lives to mm -hmm. studying. Because there's there can be like high quality products that people Aren't don't want to consume because it's not marketed the proper way. Mm -hmm. I, I guess it's a bit tricky with like the clothes thing because. Um, it's, it's also, it's very much an art form and a passion, but all at the same time, like you're also making money from it too, like immediately. Whereas with like, like, other, like more traditional art forms, um, the artists might not see the payoff right away. So it's like fighting with that, um, like sort of pressure of like, oh, is this ever going to make money? Whereas like, that's true. And I was thinking about this last night too. Like if you, if you write a book, that's how many hours like how many years in your life and you're selling that one book for like maybe 10 bucks 10 bucks a pop mm -hmm. and that's bro, but it's like so crazy. It, it just uh, it depends how many you sell mm -hmm. whereas with clothing it's like you, you put how many hours into a piece you sell it right away it's, it's done but that piece is gone forever you can't resell it yeah it just yeah keep making you money yeah and you can like move on to like the next drop or like you have to move on to the next drop. yeah whereas a book you can sort of just 
take back, but keep like you're always gonna if you're in the industry, you're gonna yeah. publishers gonna be like, okay, we need this book for you, we need that like deadlines here. Yeah, and it's kind of funny too because that's part of the reason why it was like the pressure was on for me because like last year before I even wrote the book, I knew that I wasn't planning on making money from writing for at least the next ten years. Like um, that's what they say. Like a lot of writers say, that don't focus on getting the money. Focus on the work because most publishers don't make money for the first 10, 15 years, and I accepted that. But then after I finished the book, I was just on a high. I was like, I finished this book, damn. Yeah, I was on a high that lasted for months. So you, I was literally just gonna mention that, bro. It's like to me, the concept of coming up with a story, and then coming up with everything and having it be cohesive enough to the point where someone, like you can, you can structure it. And then know what you're gonna do with this chapter, that chapter, this chapter. That, like, like what? How do you even come up with that? Because the way like someone, it's not really books, but it's still writing. Like Tarantino in his interviews, because I'm super like, like into film and shit. Like he would describe it as when he's writing a story, he doesn't really know where it's gonna go. He has an idea of where he wants everything to land, but he's learning about the characters as he writes. Yeah. So it's like. It's this weird thing, which is very War of Art, like chapter yeah. three, part three, because it's like the muse, like he's just there sitting down and whatever entity takes over shows him what, like gives him the work. Gives yeah. Him gonna make, right? Like, is this how you would say it is? Like, because I also heard advice that from writing, because when I was trying to write a screenplay, um, that you should, before you start, you should know how the story's going to end mm -hmm. and then just fill in the, the blank yeah yeah well, like how would you say you did it like was it a go with the flow type of thing or you knew what every chapter or part was going to be like um i i normally lean more towards having an idea of what's happening what's going to happen in the story how it's going to end and like a general idea of the journey like the big plot points kind of thing? the big plot points that's not what i did for the book that i wrote which is part of the reason why it was so crazy to do with afterwards because it wasn't how I normally write. I did the what you described where like I just started writing and found it along the way, yeah. and I did find it and it was really good. But like, what what that along the way stuff was was a lot of like, you know, half finished things, um, plot points that don't really go anywhere. A uh, lot of lot of like rough stuff along yeah. the way. A lot of dead ends. Um, it's crazy because that's. All happening in your head. Yeah, I yeah. Think War of Art applies the most. Well, it's it's written by a writer, yeah. like who makes who just writes. But like War, I'm I'm gonna buy you that book. <laughs> I'm literally going to get you this book because you actually, like I feel like you as a writer will it'll like hit you even more because yeah. by someone who literally does the same thing. Okay, I was under the impression that it was more of like when you guys talk about it, I thought it was more of like a like traditional art thing, like mm -hmm. huh? I mean, it, it applies to everything. That was like his uh -huh. first nonfiction book, wasn't it? I think it was he, he, like I, he wrote mainly. He writes mainly fiction, yeah. I think. Um, but it's just, especially like the third chapter, which gets more into like the divine, like spiritual part of it, and and the whole basis is just like you're not the one coming with the right. idea. Mm -hmm. It's like when soccer players score a goal. Thank you. Right? They look up at the yeah, sky. Yeah, they look up like thank you God. It's like how did I even? fucking control that ball going at 200 miles per hour. Because at a certain point, when you look at someone like Messi and Ronaldo, you're like, there's no way it's a human being yeah. doing it. It gets to a point where you're like, it's like godlike. Yeah. And one yeah. of your favorite artists, like when you look at them, they always seem to be like, like some god shit. Like you gotta tell yourself that they're just other human beings. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely know what you're talking about. Like there are times, even when I'm just planning a story, where like, 
I try to think, I try to like come up with everything all at once, which doesn't work. Yeah. That's where my brain tries to do. Um, and I, I come up with nothing. But then uh, when I sit down and like, I just try to think of like just one idea, suddenly like there's another idea that adds on top of that. I'm like, that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And another idea that adds on top of that. And it's like, suddenly I have like the first set of things that are happening all at once. And the reason why I think it's badass is because I I, I, genu I genuinely think like creation and art is actually like a war, <laughs> like it's literally war. Yeah. It's just not guns and shit. It's just all in your head. It's literally a war that's going on in your head. Yeah. The best analogy I've come up with, which I've already said on this podcast, um, in a previous episode, is it's the whole birth analogy. Like to me, when you're creating something, it's the closest you could get as a man, with girl artists and stuff like female artists, but. As a guy, I feel like it's the closest I'll ever get to experience what giving birth is like. Because if you see it as giving birth, you get the idea, which is, hey, let's make a baby. And then that's like the easiest, but also the hardest part. Not really the hardest part, actually. But coming up with a cool idea. I mean, like everyone, everyone, like I feel like everyone on this. I mean, it is, but it isn't, but like, because okay, you get the idea, but then you have to build it. Yeah, because it doesn't matter that he had a great idea. It doesn't matter if someone had an idea for Uber before Uber, but they, it doesn't matter that they someone had the idea. Someone has to code it. Because someone, there's the person who made it. Like, a lot of people probably had the idea of Uber. Mm -hmm. There's the person who did it. There's the person who gets the credit. Because that's the hard part of, like, bringing it to life, right? Yeah. Because that, like, and this could literally just connect to, like, the metaphysical, like, like, where do we come from, like, when we're birthed? Because our minds are connected to this thing that is way higher than what we experience here. We're higher than what our five senses experience. That's what I believe. It's not objective fact if you don't know anything. Um, so this this is our mind is the only connection we have to that field realm thing, right? Mm -hmm. So when we get our jobs is literally to bring that that whatever we catch like, from to that, access that space and bring something. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And not just something as an idea. Like you take the idea, but then you make it material you make it into matter you make matter yeah. from it mm -hmm. and so people other people can act so so that other people who aren't able to access that space it's like translation can experience it mm. yeah. this is kind of like translation because you're bringing it into this this thing where like you wouldn't know what language the idea isn't in your head you just as soon as you get it it's just you're filtering it through English, you know, English. yeah, like this is this thing, this thing, this story, this that, this that story, this emotion, this thing I want to provoke. But you have to figure out how to actually make it happen with the tool and skill set that you have, which is literally what skill comes into play, yeah. Because the better, the more you do it, the better you are at translating those ideas right. and get them to, to translate as close, word for word, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, to get them to be as close to what they sounded and looked like in your head when you got them. Like, it's right. like it's so, yeah. it's so badass when you think about it. So let's have a child. Okay, cool. You you have sex, which is like sitting down. I don't know what that would be like. You just sit down and you start like outlining it a bit more, and then you you like you yeah the baby starts to get developed blah blah blah, and then there's the cramps she, she gets. There's the right. not being able the to nutrition, sleep. Nutrition. You have to feed it. That you have to yeah to feed it to make sure it doesn't fucking die or come out stupid. Not only that, but you can't fucking pollute it with any. Yeah, like toxin. you can't smoke. You can't drink you have to watch your diet you have to watch what you do which you have to make is, sure you're which is the mind. diligence and the discipline of like okay you have to sit down yeah just do it 
Mm-hmm. And you also have to have a mind, a clear mind, to the point where you can actually work and do. Right, and your I- and your brain isn't just scattered. Yeah, yeah like you, you don't want to be lost bringing an idea into the world. Yeah. So you do that, and then there's a point when it starts to actually form into this thing that you can call it something. Like becoming it, it's out, right? But then you still have to mold it for like twelve to eighteen years. Yeah. To become something, like to become something that you can get to a point when you're comfortable letting it out in the world and letting it go yeah bringing like dropping your son for out for school mm-hmm. uh, letting your son move out or a daughter move out or whatever so like it's 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 literally the same thing yeah yeah right you have a book but now you have to figure out like okay like how do i bring this book and present it out to people or does that matter? Should I just put it out and then just let people do whatever? Because the thing about parents is they'll, they'll care so much about people's perception of their child that they end up fucking the child up. Yeah. From just molding them too much to what they think a child should be, right? Yeah. There, there are a lot of parallels to, like, uh, just... Carlton lied to us. Carlton lied to us. It's like 4.30. How much is this? Oh, it's 30 minutes. Hell yeah. You know what? You're going to come back soon. <laughs> <laughs> I want to finish this. I'm going to get you War of Art. Yeah. And you're going to read it. Okay. You're going to tell me what you picked up from it. Yes, sir. And you're going to tell me what it's, since you, you will have started writing your book. Yes. Well, you're going to tell me, like, how is it different from the last one? Yes, sir. So we're going to continue this episode in yes. another week. Sounds good. Thank Thanks for having me on. We low-key started too late, but it was still kind of sick. I'm just mad we're, we're, we're getting into it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all good. This is the unexpected happening. We need to see this part. Like, uh, yeah. just in both rooms. Whatever, yeah. guys. Thank you for coming. Uh, uh, thank you, guys. Blah, blah, blah. Give us, give us, say give us money in Japanese. Kaneo kashite morai.